Hey, welcome to another episode of Celebrate Sounds, a podcast celebrating all the creative happenings and people on the north coast of New South Wales. Uh, today's guest, Nicholas Gilchrist, aka Forta. Uh, Nick is a performer, a uh, producer, and uh, an all-round creative guy. And we had an awesome chat. It got a little bit deep, so uh, something in there for everyone. A little bit of music, a bit of philosophy, I think, as well. Uh, if you're enjoying the episodes, don't forget to subscribe. Please subscribe. I need to learn how to say the word subscribe. Please subscribe. Uh, it helps the podcast and uh, helps get these artist stories out there. So without further ado, hope you guys enjoy the episode. Cheers. Hey, you're listening to Celebrate Sound Season 2 and uh, in the studio today, the makeshift studio out in the promised land, Nicholas, aka Fortar. How you doing, bro? Hello, I'm pretty well. A little, little nervous, but yeah, I feel pretty good to be here. Thanks for having me. Of course. Um, thanks for coming out. I think the, uh, the lovely turmeric temple tea that we're <laughs> drinking should settle those nerves yes. and uh, we'll, we'll, have a, we'll have a good conversation today. I might actually just quickly... Have a sip. Yes, I'll have a sip. And have just, a sip. just being, I find just being real, just like not pretending I'm not nervous. Just saying <laughs> I'm nervous already puts a bit more space around it. Well, so, you know, they yeah. do say that psychologically, if you have a, a a problem, whatever the problem is, if mm-hmm. you internalize it and don't and don't sort of verbalize it, it's a lot bigger. As soon as you verbalize it, like I'm feeling a little bit anxious or whatever, it kind mm. of apparently it does something in your mind where it's like it's a bit less of a problem. It's mm-hmm. it's now out there and, and you kind of feel better. So I'm going to say that too. I'm a little bit nervous. Okay. You make me nervous, man. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, I swore. We didn't talk about that. No, how do you feel about, about that? Okay. Um, I feel fine about it. Okay. I'm not sure how all the, the different listeners will feel about it, but I'm sure, sure, sure if you say shit. Um, they're not going to be too upset, but I do apologize in advance. No worries. Yep. We'll, we'll have a language warning on if it gets really bad from here. <laughs> okay, good. It depends. Um, so, Nicholas, a.k.a. for a.k.a. Forta, yep. um, musician, producer, performer. Uh, I love to get a little bit of a sense of who you are musically, but um, to, to give us a broader context, just start with a little bit of your story, sort of where you grow up, maybe uh, segue into how you came into music and, mm. and we'll just sort of flesh out a conversation. Um, yeah, thanks again for having me and for having an interest in local artists. It's the first time I've been interviewed um, for this long, so I'm curious and excited about how that's going to go. Um, so growing up, my father is a civil engineer, mm-hmm. which means you, in our case, um, you, we moved around a lot. You know, every time the bridge or the tunnel or the dam or the road got finished, you moved to another, in our case, rural New South Wales location. Next project. Yeah. And so we were, my three brothers and I were always the new kids in town. And I experienced different, like sometimes we were the cool kids and sometimes we were not as cool and sometimes we were somewhere in the middle. Um, Music came along, I mean, I... Started, I guess, like a lot of people, just by listening to music and feeling it like animate me, yeah, and make me feel amazing and all kinds of different. So, was, things was your family sort of musical? Anyone play, seeing any of that? No, no, no. cool. Yeah, um, first generation. Yeah, I think so. Unless back back there somewhere, somewhere. yeah, well, it, could it be was in the there. Blood. Yeah. Uh, not, oh, okay, apparently my mum's auntie Rita played piano, but I remember very, you know, I didn't really yeah. have much to do with that. You weren't her. exposed too much to it. Yeah. From that side. Yeah. And um, I don't mean to uh, diss my parents, but more like just acknowledge the truth. I don't feel like they listened to very good music. <laughs> so, so later in life, oh. I, I only just like in my older years came across the Beatles and stuff like this, which for a lot of people is like essential childhood development, and I agree. (laughs) So in that sense, I don't know, whatever. Uh, I'm still cool with how that all went, but I'm discovering a lot of the stuff that for people is really standard, you know, uh, human development listening. User-friendly, I like to call it. Okay. Um, 
and and we can we can go straight in there if we if we need to. But I, I find it too like you know all music is is beautiful in some way. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> In some way, let's say in some way. Yeah. Let's be really, really kind. Uh, yeah. I think some music is easier to listen to than other music, and that can be lyrically, it can be melody, it can yeah. be what's happening. And uh, I find that a lot of the time, that's where you kind of sit in that pop, that mainstream area, because it is it's easy to listen to. Mm-hmm. Um, but some people go against the grain and and tend to that to not be their jam. Um, and that's totally fine too. And it's it's, it's an interesting conversation. Yeah, uh, it occurs to me. I, I, I sort of was mainly saying it because I thought it might be a bit funny. I'm not bothered by that, uh, but it, but it is just true that mm. it sort of later on I started coming across what uh, and people were going, "What you don't know this?" and like uh, t- sharing that that was what their childhood was filled with. Mm. And but yeah, now I listen to it and just catch up, yeah. so to speak. Totally. Yeah. So you're listening to music. Uh, I'm not sure at what age we are, sort of growing, growing uh-huh. up, and 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 sort of what piqued your interest? Was there a defining moment or a moment where you're like, I'm going to pick up a piano, or, or you know, probably didn't pick up a piano, pick up a guitar and yeah. play the piano? Yeah, my older brother wanted to learn guitar, and I really looked up to him. Like, uh, still do, in fact. Um, so I just copied. Yeah, and. Um, it stuck for me. Cool. I really got hooked. And I remember really like learning, trying to learn all the Rage Against the Machine riffs pretty, yes. pretty early. And it's being, a rite of passage, hey, when you're, when you're that age, I think. Right. Killing in the name of all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And I, it, I notice remembering this that Tom Morello as a guitarist is a bit special. And mm. so this already was before I'm aware of electronic music so much. He's like solos and experimentation with yeah. pedals and whatnot had me already very curious yeah. about uh, what a guitar can do beyond yeah what one might expect. Hundred percent. I mean, I remember listening to him when I was in high school, and I went through that period of of that electric guitar, long hair, loved it, like head banging mm. stage, and Tom Morello, amazing player, and also like their their music too, like um, Zach Della Rocca, such a great. Uh, front man, yeah, and so that sort of that sort of what took you in a little bit, and kind of that was your your musical uh, birth to some degree. Yeah, yeah, and and then just sticking with guitar, getting pretty committed, yeah, and putting in, I don't know, at least an hour a day, often more. Kudos, thanks, and getting like a foundation, feeling like I was strong in it. Uh, how far are we going with this? All the way up until the present? Yeah, well, just just you know, this is your this is your musical beginnings, and okay. and and you know, like what what was next for you in the journey? Obviously, learning some mm. guitar, kind of finding finding your your groove. Um, where did you go from there musically? Uh, let's see, a lot of copying riffs, uh, forming bands with mates. So we settled in coughs for a good amount of time. Mm-hmm. I did all of high school in coughs, and so I'd form bands with. Um, Mates at school, yeah, and and just have our little jam room sessions and the occasional show, um, yeah, but always guitar and yep. always guitar identified. It's probably noteworthy to mention. After high school, I moved to Brisbane and met um, shout outs to Wayne Durack, Rex, uh, a musician who I was sort of struggling to find a band in Brisbane, and then um, Wayne and I crossed paths. And went to have a jam at our first meeting, and he plugged a bass guitar into an interface into his laptop, and then the sirens and things were like anything. It was very not bass guitar. Yeah. And I was going aha, and got very, and he he guided me through my first um, music production right. introduction with with yeah making, recording and manipulating basically sound with a laptop, and I really ran with that. It's, it seems just from like the, the the stories that you're sort of saying, like uh, you, Tom Morello, the the distinction with how he plays guitar and how he manipulates sound as opposed to other guitarists, yes. and then f- coming into that production landscape where all of a sudden you're stretching, you're shrinking, you're reversing, that something a little bit against the grain, a little bit um, where you're listening for that different 
thing. Is that sort of a little bit of a vibe for you where you're like you're, you're trying to create something, a, a little bit of a trailblazer and with your own music too, something that's obviously it's going to have elements and, and um, what's the word that I'm looking for, inspiration from mm. places, but also trying to carve out your own sound in that sense? Yeah. And, um, and that's what interests you? Yes. Yeah, that's fair to say. I don't know how much I'm caring about, or sorry, not the right word, um, focused on the final piece. Sure. But through the process, I'm cool. like, give me that thing that I haven't heard yet. And nice. as, it's, as it's that, as it's closer to that, I'm getting more. Where you want to be. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Strong charge of energy in the body and affirmation that I'm in the right place. Cool. Yeah. When you say that you're not focused on the end result, mm. um, it's really interesting and, I, and I'd like to flesh that out a little bit if we can. Sure. Um, I, I feel like I probably understand what you're saying um, to some degree, but maybe for someone who's, uh, who is who is a musician who isn't, like if you're aiming to create something, how, like how do you go about it and, and maybe give us a little bit of an idea of what your, your vision is for every time you sort of pick up the computer or an mm. instrument to, to kind of record and create? Interesting. Um, I carry a portable sound recorder with me pretty much everywhere. Mm -hmm. So I love documenting. I don't take many photos at all um, in in life. I did in the past, but yes, this this I'd say my sound recorder is feels more like the camera. Yeah, and I can listen to my tracks over the years and hear the samples from that time and cool. go, go back. Yep. So they're very kind of. Um, Medicinal nostalgia pieces, yeah. In a way, uh, your question though was remind me. So. Just kind of like when you're when when you're wanting to create something, yes. Um, do you have a bit of a vision? Do you have a process? Okay, yeah. Kind of gotcha. Explore. So I often will slap down, just have a listen to what I've sampled yep. of the world, and the frogs have a rhythm. Cool. Or um. The car door is a nice potential snare drum. Nice. Um, what I, do you use? Do you use like a, a proper handheld kind of recorder or? Uh, I went for affordable when I saw that Sony Zooms are like 400 bucks. I got a Tascam DR05 just being a little bit, um, I think I've identified with cheap setup Yeah, being like, <laughs> I know people with really expensive gear and I'm not. The difference isn't that distinguishable, maybe. I'm not inspired by the what I hear. And Fair and that's not a, supposed to be a judgment. Like people might love what they're doing. And that's sure. cool too. I'm trying to say I just felt this thing about, no, nah, it doesn't have to be the best gear. Totally. And the Tascam, I checked it. It sounds great, the recordings. Mm. And it's like 130 bucks. Great. Cool. And when I, if I'm, I used to be up trees with it, like go, I go wild with it and cool. feel not like I've got a delicate... Thing yeah, that would be annoying to replace. Totally, that and, makes sense. And it's survived. It yep. looks raggedy as, but um, it's still going. Love those. I love those bits of equipment that like look like they're about on their last legs mm. every time. Every time you take them out, and they just keep going. Yeah, the buttons are all worn, so you can't. A new user so you, wouldn't know. So you, yeah, you you know just by default. Yeah, but no one else. And the battery cover is gone. Uh, the mics have are in different stages of. But it's, the recordings still sound good to me, cool. and yeah. yeah. So. so you record, you go get into nature, and 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 sort of what happens uh, with your with your creations. Uh, so I've got samples of you know it it's it is nature. It's also the human world. Um, yeah, just looking for I guess interesting textures and sounds. Mm -hmm. and if I meet people. Um, it, this is an interesting ethical question. Sometimes I've recorded people without letting them know, uh-oh, now everybody knows, <laughs> because I found when I flagged, oh, hey, you know, I'm really fascinated by how you speak. Do you mind if I document this? They might give consent and, oh, wow, I feel I'm, get, I'm triggering myself because I realise maybe my behaviour has been sketchy. But let, <laughs> let's let's map this out before we. Okay, I'm cool. Let's let's. Well, hit. it's not it's not black and white. So no. let's see where we can. Yeah, go hear, with hear it. me out. So, um, when I have flagged that I'd like to record, a person can say yes and then drastically change. Sure. And the the thing that I was really enjoying about how they articulate and the tone of their voice and what they're talking about can be gone. 
And I'm like, oh, there's a curious thing about when one knows. And I notice this myself when I'm just trying to improvise musically, but then improvise for a recording device. 100%. There's a difference. Yeah. Yeah. My solos are way better when no one's watching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. I've, I'm like a genius freestyle rapper, just not yet documented. Uh, yeah, fully. Okay. Got to overcome that, um, that hurdle. But, yeah, so continue. Okay. So uh, just to address the consent thing, I, I haven't put anything out without showing people beforehand if sure. they're in it. Um, yeah. So that's how I... And with that at the moment, but I do, I'm still pondering it. I realize it might already be a breach to document someone without their consent. But, um, when, yeah, when you do that, are you, are you recording aspects of like that will go into a track that are kind of not the main event in a track, like you say, sort of texture and you're, you're recording something to have like maybe some chatter in the background or something, or, or is it something a bit different? More obvious. I don't know what I'm okay. getting it for. Yeah. It's just a sense that this is, I can hear it. Yeah. It feels juicy in some sense. It's very authentic too in some mm. ways, isn't it? It's like very the camera. Real. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like I'm meeting this person. That's the person. That's in the same way a camera is documenting what's coming into one's visual field. The sound recorder is my document sure. of reality because it's in my hand. But it does pose an interesting question when you make that analogy that how many photos have has anyone been in that they don't know that they're in yes and so, i hate that yeah, so really check out hypocrites sitting oh, across dear. from you okay sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah um look uh i i don't know if do, do, if we talk this out more we might arrive somewhere or i'm aware we have wandered from the question. It's all right. We'll come back to the question. Cool. Anyway, well, because it's still part of the question. I mean, the fact is yep. um, that you're you're recording a whole, basically, the world. Yeah. Um, as you go along. Yeah. Um. Uh. And and bringing them into to a creative space where you're going to do something. So maybe we will come back and and we'll, we can flesh that philosophical stuff out as we go. But just for for where we were going, you know, I guess like what I what I am always interested in with artists is what their creative process is. And, and obviously yeah, part, okay. part of that for you is is recording the world, yeah. getting that soundscape. Yeah, okay. and, and what happens when you get something that you're like, I'm going to use this in a track or I'm going to do something with okay. this? So there's a less exciting part of the process mm -hmm. called archiving the recordings. So I just <laughs> listen to them and name them. Cool. But it's crucial to give them a good name so that when I'm thinking of a certain thing, I can just type that into the search and find the thing quickly. You're the first person I've – I know I know most of my mates that um, are mix engineers are really good at it mm. and a couple of my mates that are – Producers are really good at it, but mm. so many of my muso mates are bad at labeling, and I'm one of them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I, I can imagine that would have been frustrating when you're like, "Oh, what was that sound?" Mm. And you've labeled it as maybe you haven't even labeled it as all, and you have to go through them all again. It's, yep. That's a very good piece of advice for any budding music producer out there. Yeah, it's weird for how um, messy my bedroom is. <laughs> <laughs> like Your files are all, all in the order. time. My files are pretty good. Good. Yeah, and it's interesting. Yeah, I think that reflects my priority, to be honest. I'd like to grow up in that sense and get the room tidy as well. But, um, yeah, it's always been like if the tracks are sounding tight, I'm happy. Yeah. And the the messy room almost I mean, is no a one, part of the trade-off that I'm okay yeah, with. Yeah, totally. And no, I mean, no one leaves their house um, in the morning or the afternoon or any time and, and is thinking, God damn. I made my bed good today. <laughs> I mean, they might be. They might look. I, I might if I ever yeah, do it. Totally. <laughs> like, look. No, don't get me wrong. I love domestic chores. I love like cleaning the place and going. Ah, oh, this looks good again. But it's not something that like you know. Yeah, you might have a good surf and text a mate, or you might have um, a good game of some sport and, and be like really excited about it. No one, no one does their domestic duties and and like text and says, my house is looking so clean. So, but they do say that about tracks when you finish a track and you're like, yes, I put all my energy into it. I'm really excited that I finished this track. So, fair play. Yeah, it's just how things have gone for me. I'm I'm cool with it and I'm working on the parts that need work. I'm cool with that. Um, Progress process. There's a thing that comes up as far as my creative process that feels exciting. When it comes to groove, I'm 
pretty much never drawing it in on the grid. Cool. I have to play it from like my body. Good. Yeah. It feels like. How do you do that? Uh, there's different ways. I got um, a pan drum, which mm-hmm. is like a c- copy of a hung drum. There are people out there illegally making copies and they get whatever. We won't go into that. But there's, I acquired one of these drums, which is a steel drum. It looks very ancient mm. and, and sounds, yeah, really powerful. And it's got notes right. in the D minor scale. So lately, chuck the sound recorder down, have an impro session, and, and eventually arrive at a thing where I'm like, oh. Feeling good. And it's just repeating and it's a groove. Or I could just, you know, big impro. Uh, have have a listen back and go that little moment yeah, yeah. and decide to loop it. Yeah. So that's where I'm generating groove. Cool. But, but it can also be beatboxing. It can also be just other drums I've got lying around. Or it can even be playing a MIDI controller like yeah. buttons. Yep. Yep. Triggering sounds through the laptop. But it's always got to be played, it feels like. I agree. I mean, look, I, I do a lot of stuff with MIDI as well. And for me, I've got the, it's not out here at the moment, but the machine. Um, whatever, micro three, mm. and then I usually use this keyboard and just play the keyboard notes mm. with the, with drums and rhythm and that sort of thing. And it's interesting, like I used to be like, I used to, for some reason my vibe was always about it's got to be in the grid and, and perfect. Mm. And I'm, I'm certainly coming along to that point where it's like, no, I need that like sloppiness a little bit, mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. like that humanness yeah. in, the, in the track that's, yeah. um, that you don't get when it's like everything's bang on. Yeah. Sounds a bit mechanical and boring. Yeah, and and I mean, I I can still use the grid as well, but def- it's really good to def- for my default to be away from that. Yeah. Rather than it, it's a lot of producers the default is the grid. Yeah. And then I think we're already I mean, you could still make awesome music like that, but it's potentially leaning Ooh, I don't know if genericism is a word. <laughs> Does that well, make sense? Like, I to- mean, are any of the, the isms really a word? <laughs> Nericism. I like it. I've never heard it, but I think you know what I'm getting at. Like, You heard it here first. Yeah, you're leaning towards <laughs> genericism when you use the grid. Yeah. doesn't mean you're going to end up there, but it's, it is, yeah. Yeah, I, I guess like it's almost like a, a handicap um, starting point mm. in some degrees. But then again, I guess it really also depends on your intention, right? Like, um, well- and then that brings in the the, the uh, question of quality and who is the um, the arbiter of of how yep. you know you know how good a certain song is or yeah. Whatever. So I guess it, I'm just speaking for what totally. feels really good for me. No, and, I, I don't yeah. think that's really important. I mean, at the end of the day, it, if you're doing you yeah. musically, that's the way to do it. Yeah, and it's totally valid that there's genres obviously built on the grid, and that's that's all. I can get the heck down to a lot of that music. Yeah. Yeah. On the dance floor. Yeah. So. But just not what you want to create. That's right. At, totally. this, at this time. Yeah. Uh, I, it occurs to me as well, cr- creative process while that um, in the not too distant past, I committed to music as a, like I went, this is my job and I'm my boss. Yeah. So I'm enforcing five hours a day, Monday to Friday minimum. Sick. Yeah. What does that involve? Practice, writing, like everything? In the studio. Yep. Yep. In the studio, working the tracks. Sick. Yep. Um, it was awesome phase. I feel privileged to have yep. been, had the kind of life situation that permits that. Uh, now it feels more like uh, my, I, I, I'm, music is just a little part of my life which I feel more guided to be oriented around being a servant of the earth and community. So this means not five hours a day in the studio, right? But recognising, yeah, owning my place. Bellingen's a really good place to live in terms of like, there's a great community there. Yeah. If you want to interact with it. And I've said yes to that more in the last few years. And it is super rewarding. Yeah. And then actually when I glide into the studio, when I do, I'm bringing all of that interaction. Yeah. 
and I'm bringing my, yeah, the nourishment that comes from interacting with community. Totally. Can I ask, and, and look, I, I totally get it because it, it's one of those things when you're an independent, um, you know, creative and you're trying to make your way in the world and, and we, we, like we said, we, you, know, you talk about money and it's like it's not my main driver but obviously you need it. But it's the same thing with like community because mm. you can lock yourself away in a studio and get really good at what you do, which mm. is important to do and there's times when – when you like got to knuckle down, it's like all right, six months we're going to do this album or whatever yeah. it is. You yeah. set yourself those limits. Yeah. Um, but one thing that's been awesome for me uh, in in the, the context of the last few years, and, and maybe you can speak to this, is how uh, and not just the musical community, but the community in general is so important. Like when you when you're facing those lockdowns, when mm. you when you're coming out of, that, and we didn't even really have it that bad compared to certain certain cities in for Australia sure. and, and and whatever. Um, there's a different, um, I think it just a general, a different energy that, like you say, you, you're bringing back into the studio all this nourishment, all this love that you've been able to to go and experience with other people. Mm. Uh, and I think it's so important to have that balance. Like I was speaking to one of my mates today who's also a musician. He's like, man, I'm just, I'm saying yes to all the work at the moment because I've, I've got to go and do that. And and want, but wanting to segue into being able to have that balance where you can do more stuff in the community. Mm. Um, does that inspire your songs as well when you're out there and and maybe in what way? Like do you just feel good and so you write different sort of tunes or how, how does that work? That's interesting to try and track. Yeah, because it, it's quite unquantifiable, right? Like, yeah. It's and- hard to, to pull it out and go, I feel 12% better because I was yeah. here and, you know. Yeah. I mean things I feel I can say – uh, confidently are five hours a day, Monday to Friday, and you get a fucked back. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And now I don't do that and I do heaps more with my body and um, back's getting better. Cool. Yep. And, but just in that process, I'm down there playing a lot of basketball with other humans yeah. and this kind of relating, uh, yes, it's there's like connection yeah. and things I'd frame as like positive experience, but there's, it's humans. I'm engaging with humans more. There's human drama is yeah. inevitable as well. <laughs> and this weaves into, for me, yeah, just, it's like, I'm just trying to explore and discover what this blessed thing is that uh, I'm, I have the privilege to inhabit and interfacing with other humans helps me whether in, in whatever form that comes. Yeah. Gives me plenty to uh, work with and like calibrate myself, so that I guess my decision making improves. <laughs> it feels like. Yeah. yeah well, I guess uh, you're. You know, looking at it like you can be in the studio and that's well and good for a little bit of time, but obviously, you know, sitting down, staring at a screen, it's it's not the most wholesome thing to do with your body for long yeah. periods of time. And so, getting out and about you're having all these just new experiences. Yeah. And and anything, any kind of experience, good, bad, like you say, the drama can can act as a catalyst for inspiration yeah. that can put you into a space where you might feel really bad or put you in a space that might you might feel mm. really good. Mm. And all of a sudden, rather than just getting good at um, music, which is a really important thing to do, and I think we should all get better at music and play more music and go and see more music. But rather than just doing that, you're having these experiences with other people that really inform your life and, and your life story. Yeah, I agree. Um, other things that come up feel speculative, uh, hypothetical, but permit me one. <laughs> okay. That pan drum I mentioned. Yeah. Like when I first got it, I went about my disciplined, like the guitar regime, yeah. like put in the time, you're going to get good. I barely play it. At the moment, mm. but when I pick it up, there's been all this like enough of me living in a way that feels that I'm, lack of a better word, proud of, or yeah. Permit me a bit of space. <laughs> um, That's all right. Yeah, there's a sense because we're not being viewed, people can't see how. 
dramatic. I look in my pores, so I'm filling the pores <laughs> with words. Um, the best way to do it. That's good radio, uh, radio 101. You just yammer on. Yeah. And <laughs> so uh, just moving, you just say that you're just moving forward, just got to check this note or whatever. Right. But, uh, you know, we, we, uh, maybe I can. And Already, I, yeah, I'll finish the yeah. land of the point. It was I pick up the drum now and shred. Yeah. Now, that, however that sounds, I'll just permit myself to use that word because to me it feels like comfortable. Yeah. Because I've been um, but jumping think, around, using yeah. my body heaps. I'm not like bringing that back pain into sure. it, for example, and I'm bringing the the hugs and the whatever else has had, like the experience overall is feeling more balanced and nourishing and you, and it just pours out through the drum and I'm like, oh, wow. Is there an element of that where it's like um, it's not forced and it's much freer and – to some degree, like you, like you say, you've got to put in the work. There are times when you just got to put in the yep. work, and then once you, you you reach a threshold, and it's like I'm, you know, good enough to do A B C mm. on, on mm. this pan drum or whatever, and then you sit back and rather than forcing it and going, I've got to do this thing or do mm-hmm. that thing, it's like you're just coming to it with a, I guess maybe a bit of a fresh energy, authenticity kind of thing. Uh, yes, I hear that. I've, I've, we are still talking about the difficult to quantify. Yeah, totally. What comes up for me is blocks are removed in the yeah. meantime and I'm able to just um, be more effect, perform better, Yeah, be more effective, something like this. And I think it's to do with a lot of it's the body, hey? I keep, it's, um, you're aware I, from our last interview. Yeah. That dance has come up really strong for me yeah. in recent years and I do just say yes to it more and more and I've decided to identify as dancer. Cool. Yes, this um, is, I say it for half comedic purposes but it is also just a psychological tool to claim it and own it and remove what was previously the beliefs that, oh, it's too late for me to get into that, oh, I don't, blah, blah, all the no's. Yeah, I just yeah. go, I am that. Yeah, yeah. And then I find myself going, well, I better train and I better. And so <laughs> yeah, I'm in all, it. Yeah, I'm in all of that, committed okay. to it. And even when people uh, say what's up, sometimes I'm like, I'm a dancer. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I, uh, yeah, I like. I wish you had started the podcast like that. How are you, man? I'm a dancer. <laughs> <laughs> Just completely off. Very good. I, I, I don't know how I would have rolled with that, but now I know I can I can come back strong, but I would have been like, okay, uh, good. Uh, let's explore that. This is a bit. music podcast. Yeah. Or is it a well, art look, pod- podcast? It, look, to be honest, yeah. um, and. And this is probably good for everyone to know if you're yeah. listening. But certainly, uh, Celebrate Sound started from the radio show that was called Play a Mate's Music. Yep. And that started from COVID and, and it was just like trying to highlight local music and, yep. and just get the community around it. Celebrate Sounds certainly was designed to be celebrating sounds. Yep. But I've kind of incorporated all manners of, of creativity. So um, okay. I've got uh, interviews coming up with photographers, mm. videographers, Festival organizers, mm, mm. Um, visual artists, okay. that, that kind of thing. Film filmmakers. Interesting. Um, cool. So that you know, it will probably focus mostly on music. Yep. But certainly, I'm I'm open and, and really excited to to get more creatives on here and, and talk about their process and and a lot of unquantifiable things that it's it, maybe it's just a. a, 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 a a testament to finding your groove and not having to understand all the the aspects of of why something's working, but just clicking in with it and going, "This is working. It's feeling good for the time. Let's keep rolling with it." That felt really good to hear you say that. Cool. Yeah, um, I've, I'm really becoming. Um, I have a crush on mystery. Yeah. Yes. I don't. It's not I don't, for everyone. <laughs> Uh, okay. Not, not, not your crush on mystery. I mean, just a lot of people like to have. I know, I know, but my okay remains because, uh, I believe it's what's happening and we are trained to try and pin it all down and understand it. Yeah. And I gave that a good go and, and, uh, ended up in now what's, I'd say a really common almost the norm in our culture is being too much in my head and not really being with the felt visceral experience of yeah, this totally thing. 
Yeah, no, 100%, man. And I think, you know, like for me, there's this letting go of like, do I have to know what the answer is to everything? Do I have to know why, the why to everything or the how to everything? Mm. Um, And I certainly have given it a red hot go as well and Mm -hmm. just coming to that point. I think, you know, the way that the world's gone in the last couple of years has just, if if it's taught us, if it's taught me anything, it's certainly about there's just a lot of stuff outside your control. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of the time- there isn't any rhyme or reason, mm. or maybe there is, but mm. there's n- there's no way you're ever going to work it out. Mm. Breathe, relax, control what you can control, which is you, mm. and and do you. And um, I mean, what else can you do, really? Sounds pretty good to me. Otherwise, you you tend to be really. I mean, and and maybe you can speak to this, but but when when the goal is to know the ins and outs, when to have the answers. And you don't, or the answers that you have are not quite palatable. You live in this like sort of state of flux, this anxiousness, this like, oh, I think it's this, but I'm I'm saying it's this, but I'm not really sure, you know. Correct. It to me it feels like, and I still do this, but not as constantly these mm. days. The mind's attempt to come to grips with life is is an abstract construction. And I've put a lot of work into it. It's very detailed. I also find I've, I'm also very lazy, but, but somehow became articulate along yeah. the way. So I find like I can just weave in ways that are charming, but kind of like just underneath it, the, more, the truth would be I don't know what's going on. Yeah. But I really like comedy for this reason because I can just <laughs> use that. Yeah, in a, in well, a way that makes that's... feel people safe. I think too. If it, if it was too serious all the time, and it can be a little bit down and I th- like a little bit um sort of dark and melancholy. And, mm-hmm. and I think definitely like having a little wry smile on your face when you say something a little bit cheeky or a little bit dark is always a good little just taking the edge off. I think. Yeah, um, I've I've seen and uh, in, in others and in myself that go. Both ways on both mm-hmm. sides. So, like, comedy being used in a way that feels medicinal mm-hmm. or in a way that feels, like, evasive, like to not face something that, like, I think give the, what did you refer to as, dark melancholic, that that needs its space. Mm. And these days, a lot of it. But it's hard to do at the cafe or the pub or the, you know, or actually people do do it at the pub later in the night, but mm. then they won't remember their revelation. I mean, I see several um, people of different therapeutic modalities for that kind of support. Yeah. And I have um, friends who, yeah, know know me very deeply and who I feel it's safety is a big one for me. Yeah. I need the sense of safety to be able to give, let's say, the dark melancholy or whatever's there, it's due. Otherwise... I could be a fine clown, I reckon, out in the community who um, is deeply alone and suffering miserably yeah. just beneath the surface. Yeah. Um, I've even, yeah, I've had that and, and it'll probably come up again. But I'm grateful to, for the uh, wis- wisdom or gr- grown-upness that now to, to admit I need help yeah. and I've got it and it's gone good. Cool. And I recommend it if you if you don't have that yet, it's all right if, for anyone listening to admit we need it. And yeah, I think it's an important conversation because we've gone through a pretty tumultuous last couple of years, mm. uh, and and but even before that, like you say, like people were going on uh, for long periods of time where the the outside looks like it's all going okay, it's all great, rah, yep. rah, but on the inside, something something's not quite right, and yep. um. Having these conversations more often, I think, is it, look. It has to be the way forward mm-hmm. um, because the only other way is not. There's there's tends to be less good outcomes um, when you don't talk about it and you feel alone and and whatever. And so, um, props, man, for for doing what you need to do and and kind of coming to grips with that. And it is a very tricky thing to acknowledge, you know, when you need help. And um, man, that's that's good. Yeah, I think it was essential for me. It's, yeah. it's why I'm part of why I'm here with you and not 
in some, you know, potentially uh, much worse situation. So shout outs to my allies. You know who you are. Yeah, good on you. Appreciate you guys. (laughs) Well, yeah, man. um, Let's 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 uh, let's move back to the music a little bit because I kind of want to get to the end of 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 your sort of process. So we've talked yeah. a little bit about how you, you garner inspiration and, and also um, the fact that you're in that community now and, and the physical is mm. really important to you. Mm. At the moment when you're writing tunes um, and you've been doing a lot of stuff vocally as well, which is really cool, like mm. even just give us a, an insight into like what inspires you lyrically and, and, um, and yeah. Cool. Um it's still going to be dark melancholic, but it's music. <laughs> That's okay. Good, yeah, yeah, good, yeah. good. Yeah. Um, so lyrically, I mean, um, the tunes that came out as my, the first of my big lyrical adventures mm-hmm. last year, uh, my, I had breakup relationship end after seven years and the songs just happened and were very medicinal. Yeah. And um, – they sound to me, they have the quality of teenage girl pop or something like this. Oh. Like I don't know if that reflects my a lot of how I was, my emotional maturity in that relationship. I don't, I don't want to analyse it too much. I just listen to it and, and I can get into that stuff a little bit mm. musically, mm. which feels like a guilty pleasure to acknowledge, <laughs> you know. <laughs> anyway, it's true. Um, uh, yeah, so those were the first lyrics. But I'm, I've been freestyle rapping for a while as mm. well and that tends to be a combination of the things I've mentioned, this like philosophical clown, like the, where is the serious, where is the joke, where is the dark, where is the light. And yeah, yeah I really, really enjoy it because it cultivates for me. I'm really into like present moment awareness as it is and, uh, yeah, Freestyling really demands that I'm not <clears throat> elsewhere. Cool. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. What do you, when you say, you know, being a philosophical clown <laughs> and, um, and freestyle rapping, <clears throat> obviously the idea of freestyle rapping is it, you're in alignment with your, your, your thoughts and, mm. and your vocals, which is really hard to do. I, I, yeah. tr- I practice and yeah. um, some days I'm like, that was awesome. And yep. the next song is so bad. Yep. And I, I just say the same word at the end of every stanza. Yep. Oh, man, I can't get anywhere. Mm-hmm. But, but what, you know, when you're doing that, like are you looking for stimulus? Do you look at, you know, let's say a piece of art or do you look at a cup of tea or a co- Like what, where do you draw from that or are you just kind of like, word, you know, whatever word comes to mind and then start from there? Bit of both. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I do it very readily in public, in, in open stage kind of context. Before we had rain for six months or however long, uh, there was an event called Park de Noon every Sunday in Bellingen and it's kind of like an open stage. And, yeah, Bellingen, beautiful, supportive community, so I can just jump up and have a go yeah. and it didn't really feel like it mattered how it went, but I started to get confident. And it's in my exploration of what works and what doesn't mm. and there's a – handy little mechanism uh, of not caring too much mm. about it totally collapsing. Like just, just trying and be happy that you're trying to do something creative well, or, and not, not worrying. Like you say, well, it's interesting. You said that at the start of the podcast. Like the end result is not necessarily what you're aiming for and, and it's, it seemed to me that you were – kind of alluding to the fact that the journey is, is what you're really embracing and, and, and trying things and seeing what works and what doesn't work for you. Okay. So two things. Um, yeah, the, I, I do creative coaching for people as well. Cool. And so through my own creative pro, like learning over the years and um, facilitating for others, I've recognised the judgment of that final thing is a separate thing to the creation of that thing. Totally. And it can totally block you from wanting to make another thing. Yeah. Right? If it's if it's if um, that's all you're looking at. Yeah. Yeah. No, if I agree. you decide I'm a shit rapper, 
What is that going to make me want to go again? No, that's true. I've been telling people I'm the best in the area. <laughs> now this that's is good. yeah, it's it's part of the comedic angle as yeah. well. And the comedy tool can be when when my freestyles collapse, as they often do. There's a funny th- flip that can usually be made yeah. with that because I don't think what's happening in life in general needs to be taken very seriously. Um, so, yeah, I think those are my two two points. There were like mm. judgment of your of what you do is risky as and just an ego trip. Yeah, even when you think it's good. Although that's better for cultivating you wanting to do more confidence. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm just got my eye on that judgment. Well, right? I think, but I think too though the um, arriving at a finished point doesn't necessarily have to involve um, a judgment per se. Mm. It could it could be just a milestone. So, for example, it's like all right, you set out to create, and the whole thing, and I and I totally get this in the songwriting process, the creative process, the the carving out what you want to say or the sounds that you want to make and, and or the emotion that you want to convey, that's that's part of the fun and probably the best part about it. But then certainly like getting to that point where even if if you don't pass judgment on the song yourself but just going, I'm I'm happy that this song is finished, you know what I mean? Um, I think there's a there's a good thing for that as well because otherwise we'd have too many people not finishing great music, I think. Yeah, I, I hear that. <clears throat> Um, I am, I think, more so referring to like a beautiful contentment at achieving something. I, I give that a thumbs sure. up. I approve. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yet uh, the thing I'm skeptical of, and these days the platforms which permit us reach, which we never had before unless a label selected us to be their next product. Mm. We now design ourselves as a product. But the thing, those, those platforms are designed to be addictive mm. and sell advertising. And so this is part of why it's a heart that you get because they know that we want love mm. and when they know we're not sure if we're lovable. <laughs> and so I'm, if I put up a track and it doesn't get a lot of hearts, yeah. I can get a bit like worried about whether I'm lovable. Yeah. And if it gets a lot of hearts, I still feel like that's not really it, love. No. No, not at all. <laughs> right? No. So I'm trying to give my acknowledgement to the platforms which host the music and the social media platforms for promo for giving me, like, the opportunity to share, but it's also, I think, very manipulative and dark yeah, how they're designed. And, yeah. Yeah. It, it's very easy to look at what you're not able to do or what you the numbers that you're not getting or mm. you know even just just me, just the way the different ways that we measure success so yeah. for some people that might be like 5000 streams a year on a song yeah and for other people it's like you know this song's got to hit a million yep. and and i think that i think what i'm hearing too from what you're saying and correct me if i'm wrong it's it's somewhere in between it's 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 being happy that you finished the song, even maybe proud of the song in itself, yep. and then maybe releasing it without expectation, being happy that there's avenues that your music can reach people, but also not paying too much credence to the fact that the song may get 100 plays, it may get 1,000, may get 10,000, and just going, I did this, the journey was amazing, I finished it, I put it out there. I don't agree with maybe the Spotify's of the world, the Apple iTunes and the ra- the, the charts and the, the reactions, but it is a way that you can kind of connect with people that maybe you wouldn't otherwise be able to. Yeah, I agree and it sounds healthy. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I am susceptible to being hooked in the heart. Yeah, I feel Ho- Hooked that. in the somewhere, hooked yeah, in the yeah. primal yeah. wound of some kind. Yeah. And I've kind of, pardon my language, I fucking hate them for it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That that's how they're operating. And I like saying aloud, this, these platforms are making us sick. I, I'm specifically begrudging of, I've never used TikTok, but like Instagram and Facebook. I yeah. can feel that being like um, in full force. Yeah. That it's collective certainly. manipulation. No, I agree. Um, it is tricky because 
and, and and I guess that does come down to how how aware you are or how susceptible you are to those kind of feelings when you aren't getting the likes or you are getting mm. the likes and it can go bad both ways like mm. like you say too many likes and all of a sudden you're you're addicted to it and you got to keep yeah. putting out and then you oh not as many likes oh man what did i do like what was that yeah. post you know it's a shame to have one's any part of one's well-being attached to that mechanism and yet i'd say it's the norm by now yeah i agree and let's I think that's not good. <laughs> no, I think so too. And I mean, to some degree, I, I would also say that, like, it's it's there's like a, an onset of of these feelings, and yes, it is mm. part of the design, but it's also something that's um, happening within us normally. Mm-hmm. But it's just not as easy, I think. And, and you would be interfacing face to face, yeah, right, yeah, and having that kind of gauge of whether totally you're cool with one another yeah it's more complete yeah through the screen behind the keyboard even my music i've found uh the philosophy of i can't remember her name she wrote a book about um uh she she wrote a best-selling book and there's a ted talk it can be about creative i wish i could direct people more clearly well if you if you tell me afterwards we can put in the show notes or whatever cool so this TED Talk, a woman who wrote a best-selling book says, I'm faced now with having to follow that up, right? I'm faced now with the reality that maybe my best work is behind me. Mm. And it sent her on a journey of checking out what creativity, how, it, how it's looked at in different cultures and in history, and, um, and, that, and she came across that genius is a pretty modern, but the way we think of it is modern, mm. where it's, let's say, you know, me as a rapper. Genius, just not yet recorded. <laughs> um, so that would be a modern Western frame. Uh, in, in the past, uh, particularly I th- it's ancient Greece, she said it was understood uh, someone who was a genius, it's not about them. They just have access to. There's just some a genie, literally an entity mm. or multiple, whispering in their ear. Yeah. Right, and they're just taking dictation, or yeah. painting the painting, or yeah. writing the right, following the steps. I went, holy shit! Like, yeah, I am so m- identified with the music yeah. I've been making. I'm like, it's so me. And then this, whether it's liked or not, is of course very like attached to whether I'm likable or not. So I try now to borrow this frame that was described in the TED talk that we'll uh, link in the description, um, and it is that. I ha- there is, and it feels true. I'm not just utilising her mechanism. I checked this out. It mm. feels freaking true that something just wants to come through. Yeah. It is not Nicholas. It is otherworldly. Something else, like, yeah, otherworldly, or maybe it's earth energy trying to have its effect. I, I, it's, you know, I give my praise to memory. Uh, memory, <laughs> I meant mystery. Mystery. Because I'm not going to pin this down for yeah. you and, and perhaps not, you know, I'm, yeah. Which is okay. We've come totally. to that conclusion. Mystery is <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Mystery is awesome and um, I have, a, there's this thing that I just want to have a relationship with that is respectful and loving. Mm-hmm. That means like listening to it and giving it the space to come through and while not compromising my relationships with other human beings and the earth, um, that all feels like. Pretty good to me, and that, and it detaches me from the work that yeah. I produce in a way that has been, whew, not to say I'm fully detached, but the more I am remembering, it is not you. Yeah, I mean that that's I think a really healthy sort of place to 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 be in, and like that your values not wrapped up in any of these metrics um, that social media or Spotify or you know whatever. Uh, or anything really, any metrics. It's not. It's not about that at all. It's about that's the ideal. Yeah, I'm still in there. You know, no, I'm, I, I'm but, disentangling. But I, I think, feel. I think disentangling. we're always going to be disentangling to some degree, right? And I and I feel like if you're on that journey, obviously you're going to get further along on that yeah. journey, and and maybe you're going to be like ninety nine point something percent, and 
Maybe you get there. Who yeah, knows? yeah. I'm feeling ambitious, Josh. Yeah, good, I'm feeling good. ambitious. The best rapper in Bellingen <laughs> and the most uh, insightful um, sage of our time. <laughs> it's the, the best rapper because he recognised it wasn't him. Cool. So he can't take credit. Yeah. And that's automatically a paradox, but... Well, also very, it's like, it's a humble brag. <laughs> <laughs> and backed up by, uh, I don't know, a field of flag for everyone. I'm pretty shit at it. <laughs> Just in case that's not obvious by now. Yeah, yeah. Part of the shtick yeah. is to, I noticed leaning into, oh, it's like rap's pretty fun. And I, so I did my homework a bit. I don't usually listen to much hip hop and it's really common to be really arrogant. And I'm like, that's funny. That is funny. And I started flexing that, so to speak. And you just need a few more gold chains. I know. I haven't earned it yet, to no. be honest. Okay. Yeah. Like I'd say I'm the best in the area, but there, we'd have to have a formal tournament battles <laughs> and then have a chain. Someone should organize that. What would be the um, centerpiece of the chain for the bellow? For the bellow, the yeah. best bellow rap, like mm. a, a, I don't know, a, a magpie or a turtle or nice. something. Yeah. A gold shaped magpie. Love it. Yeah. yeah. So good. <laughs> um, so we're getting close to the end of our time together. It's cool. been an awesome chat. We we went deep. We went we went philosophical. We went through process, which I always uh, really enjoy. Um, these podcasts aren't particularly time conducive, so it may come out next week. It may be out in a month. Um, you know, I've got a whole bunch of episodes in the Thanks pipeline. for flagging that. So all of my views might be outdated by then, everybody, just in case. <laughs> yeah, if you're going and checking out. Do not hold me to any of yeah. this. <laughs> Oh, that's hilarious. But in terms of um, what's happening for Forta, oh, yeah. um, musically, performance, yeah. like uh, what's on the horizon in the next sort of six months or, or where where do you see that going? Um, mm. That's tricky because it's so open. I, got yeah. a f- I have a few invitations to play here and there. Yeah. And I'm excited about it. Um. The videos that will come out soon from the Church Street yep. performance, that's a pretty new angle, yep. right? And so at the moment I'm doing, uh, I'm dreaming into whether that's a thing that I offer separate to a get down and boogie set. Right, cool. Or whether to integrate them. Yep. Or I'm not, I've been playing with shows and seeing yeah, trying to play with that because it feels like it's getting pretty broad and people like to go, we're going to a thing that's going to go boom, 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 boom for all night, you know. If I get up and like breach that uh, <laughs> expectation, it's challenging. Totally. And that's ballsy too I if you st- do it. <laughs> yeah, I stand in it and uh, feel like I've honoured my – Self yeah. and my creativity, but I'm. I wonder, you know, that I don't need to be like, yeah, kind of st- a staunch, yeah, fucker upper of people's flow for yeah. the evening. So can I? Yeah, my, my what I'm noticing is like, I want to play groovy music, and I want to be this like indie poppy drama queen. That's that'll be my answer. Is like I'm. I'm just dreaming into how, how that looks, how they work together and whether it's on different nights or the same night, but I love them both and I'm grateful to have the space to work with them. Totally. And there's, I'm sure there's an avenue to express both of them, but maybe like you say, it is a case of, well, maybe you want to try that and see if you can interrupt everyone's like all nighter and see if you can bring them down. And and have that as a really positive experience, I, or maybe it's maybe it's the, at the the five a.m. slot. Yes, you know, like where it's like you kind of maybe you've had some like low key, I don't know, low key tunes leading into it, and then there's you're sort right. of a bit of a journey rather than like at ten o'clock when everyone's yeah. just. You're right. Where, where the thing is placed is crucial. Yeah, you're totally. right. You're right. Um, and I did play a show recently where yeah, just the placement was tough. Yeah, I'm coming after. I think it was like 130 BPM techno. Shivers. And my first track was, uh, I think, 80 BPM. Yeah. And everyone's amped up. It cleared the D floor. Yeah. But as they crawled back, admittedly in lower numbers, I think it was 
half the people didn't come back because yeah. they wanted – and fair enough. Yeah. It hurt my feelings at the time, but I get but it, it as but well. But it's also an organisational issue. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they acknowledged that. Yeah. And and so yeah. – And it does make it tough too because, like you say, like an artist um, – I, I feel to just compl- land, okay. that, land that the ones who came back, we had a really good time good. together. Yeah. Yeah? yeah, yeah. So I am okay with – I'd love to have the room packed, obviously, yeah, yeah. and people just – you know, for miles around, being desperate to lay their eyes on me. That'd be, that's my, <laughs> no. But, you know, if it's just, a f- the numbers don't matter. If people are connecting with it and getting exactly. it, I'm stoked. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that placement organization is a huge thing because I've had gigs myself where it's like a, a nine o'clock slot, 10 o'clock slot mm. on my own. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, but what I do is really it's down tempo. It's yeah, like R and B soul kind yeah. of like you know you put me on at five o'clock, yep. four o'clock, perfect. People yeah. are going to really enjoy yeah, it, yeah, yeah. and I think that's a thing. Like people are more receptive to different types of music at, the, yep. at yep. different times of the day, and it's 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 a big stretch to say it's a slide on the artists when their their music doesn't match that time frame, or like you say, it comes after something that's like everyone's just like raging. Yeah. It's like, no, we're going to take it down a little bit. It's like, no, no, you got to, it's hard to come down from there for a lot of people. Thanks for reminding me of that. It feels really true. And I notice, um, I really love Forta. Like, I really like the music. Like, whatever time of day, if I could watch it third person, whenever I, if I stumbled upon it, whatever time of day, I'd froth. Yeah, yeah. But that is not, like, yeah, there is a, Generally, a thing I don't think I'm a part of. Yeah. Like I'm well, I come across as long as it's fucking really weird and different. Yeah. Like, what is it? If it's drawing that out of me, like, what is yeah. this? A deep intrigue and curiosity. Then I'm on board, whatever yeah. time of day. But there is a thing that I haven't integrated, I guess, yeah. and that is a kind of more collective expectation about times of day. Yeah. So thanks for that reminder. No, well, yeah. I think I think I think it makes sense, and I'm I'm totally on board with you. Like I can listen to different types of music, it's really dependent upon my mood rather mm. than, oh, is it light? Is it is it dark? Yeah. Is it midnight? Like whatever. That doesn't bother me so yeah. much. It's really dependent on, how, on what I want to listen to at the time. But I think particularly in that like performance festival party-ish mm-hmm. kind of context, mm. I think that's a real thing for a lot of people. They're for, they're for a good time and they get amped up and they just they yeah. want that. And yeah. then all of a sudden you bring it down. It's like, oh, I'm slowing down. It's like playing drums um, to – if you were to do that and do your percussion thing, mm. when you're going 130 mm. BPM, going really fast, and then then trying to be in step with the 80 BPM straight after. I like doing that. <laughs> <laughs> she talked to Chris, my drummer. He hates it. We were like, let's play a really fast song and then a really slow song. And the really slow song is really like clunky to start yep. off as we like try and like sort of unwind a little bit. Fair enough. Um, dude, that's exciting. What about any new music? Uh, on yeah. the horizon for you, whether it's already finished or, or you're still writing it or whatever. I've got two albums sitting there. Yep. About 80 to 90% complete. Yep. And demos just keep pouring out. So the factory is producing. <laughs> um, there's a difference between when it comes out into the world. And, yep. you know, maybe I'm, I realize as I say this, hadn't pondered it yet. Um, Enjoying not having the interface with the world thing, that feedbacky thing, yeah. and just having them for me. And when I play shows, I always just play this unreleased stuff. Yeah, cool. It feels like really good. Yeah, yeah, for yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Um, yeah. So the jury's out on whether, whether, and or when those tunes will come out. Yeah, I'd love you t- to get picked up by someone who supports the completion of it in yeah. some way, uh, you know, Sl- slogging it out alone over the finish line for that many tunes is a kind of grueling process that I don't see coming on. T- yeah. For the moment. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And that, I feel good about that. But if someone was like, "Is 50 G's, <laughs> finish your <laughs> albums and let us have all the profit or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. I'm open-minded about how support may or may not come in and, totally. and I've become less needy and and in the past I would be like I ground myself to get my album done mm. and it's had 
a few of the tunes had a moderate success in mm. mainstream Spotify playlists. And it showed me, I don't care about that. I don't care. Like, so even though I'm hesitant to oblige myself to finish them, it feels sure. more like actually getting quiet of mind and asking the earth where, where am I best to serve feels better than just defaulting to music. Cool. Mm. Dude, thanks so much for your time. Um, I had You're a really, really enjoyable chat. And yeah, uh, let's do it again soon. Okay. Cheers, Nicholas. Cheers, Josh. Thank you.